0: Up, Amanda. Hey, Amy. I'm I'm here. What's up with you? I am here too. It's it's a rainy day in Oregon. Surprise, surprise. Going to be here too. Yeah. Well, it's still May, so that's right. We had an awesome talk today, didn't we? we Very did. nice guest. Yes. So
1: awesome, yeah. Dr. Mark
0: Chang. Dr. Hmm. Mark Chang, strong first senior instructor doctor of chinese medicine that incorporates acupuncture manual medicine and herbal medicine
1: creator of k3 combat
0: movement systems and
1: the creator of beach bodies tai Chiang program which amy uh, has
0: done i heard in last night right yes yeah, yes yeah. i did i did the whole program in 2013 and i just popped the uh, the dvd in one of them and I need to be doing it more so great program we had a great conversation we hope you all like it this is one worth listening to this he covers a lot of ground He's a very knowledgeable man very very nice man and a great instructor so we were, we were lot- honored to have him today yes it was great we hope you all enjoy it yeah all right we're gonna we're gonna see you later and the podcast will start we are recording good morning good morning Amanda good morning Doc Chang Good morning. Good morning all right this is awesome amanda and i have we are so we're so honored today to have dr mark chang with us um and just so you know we we did a little homework we we were very um we were kind of stoked and i said i'm kind of nervous so we uh, we listened to the kyle kingsbury podcast both of us we've uh, taken some notes and uh so we're really excited and the big thing we really want to start off with is um well, of course, we want to hear about your background. So if you want to start there and then get into the K-3 combat systems, because we're both, we're both really interested in that for people to hear and just for ourselves, I think.
2: So. Oh, cool. Um, my background, gosh. Um, I always have a hard time with this for some reason, and I, I really don't know why, but I think depending on the audience, depending on what people like, are coming to the table with and what their curiosities are and what their needs are, I have like, different things that I've specialized in over the years. Um, But really, it all comes back down to martial arts. Uh, Martial arts has been the lens through which I see kind of everything in my world. Um, And it's always been my greatest passion, my big love, um, my true love. And so, you know, with a lifelong fascination in martial arts, lifelong passion of learning martial arts, um, that got me eventually down the road into Chinese medicine. um, And which includes acupuncture, Chinese manual medicine, which is called Tuina. Um, as well as Chinese herbal medicine. So from there, uh, I got back into teaching and training um, patients or treating patients rather. Um, And one of my patients happened to be Bruce Lee's top student, a gentleman by the name of Dan Inasano. Mr. Inasano called me to uh, attend his uh, academy one morning. And he said, you know, I need a favor. There's a, there's a, Russian weightlifting coach coming by and like my back is finally not hurting like can you just in case he asks me to do something that's like a little bit sketchy would you mind like intervening I go not at all Um, who's the Russian weightlifting coach Pavel Tsitsulin who is for those of you that don't know Pavel Tsitsulin is the guy who basically single-handedly set up um, the kettlebell for success as a fitness tool around the world Um, he took uh, this Soviet or Eastern Block traditional weight training tool and designed a curriculum around it so it could be taught throughout the world. And now, because of his, his efforts, it's uh, become really popular everywhere. Um, so from Pavel, I got to meet a, a gentleman named Gray Cook. Um, um, for those of your listeners who are familiar with physical therapy or training, um, Gray is the father of functional movement systems. Um, so the FMS, Functional Movement Screen, um, has come about because of his efforts as well as Dr. Lee Burton's. Um, and so, uh, FMS is now pretty much ubiquitous in almost every, like, training room, every, like, every, every sports science institute. Uh, so, yeah, FMS has been tremendous. Um, and then eventually I got asked the question probably around 08 or something like that. Doc, so, you know, now that you do all of these different things, you've written for, like, over a decade for Black Belt Magazine, you're into martial arts, you do Chinese medicine, you're in kettlebells. Like, what is your workout like? And I thought, huh, that kind of comes back to three Ks. Kettlebells for one, obviously. Second one would be Kali or Kabigabong, which are implement-based martial arts in Southeast Asia, specifically the Philippines and Thailand. Um, and then kick punch arts like karate, kung fu, capoeira. So I thought, huh, K-3, there we go. Um, but outside of just the martial arts in terms of combatives, in terms of tactical applications and fighting, Over time, I started realizing that a lot of these training methods that we use in martial arts, like in warrior culture, first and foremost, have to meet a prerequisite. If they damage the practitioner, then it's useless because who wants to train in something as a warrior, as a fighter, as a person who's, you know, as military personnel? Why would someone want to train in a way that's going to destroy them or impair their performance on the battlefield or impair their longevity? So, these training methods that good and mature warrior cultures will use are those that feed the longevity of the practitioner first and foremost, as well as improving tactical capabilities. So, the birth of K3 in its modern form. Excellent.
0: Nice.
1: So, that's. Oh, go ahead, Amanda. Havel is the way we both met you at the Dome in yeah. 2016, was it, Amy?
0: It sounds about right. I met Doc in 14.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Pavel's teaching and training methodologies are much that way too, like you just said, you know, leaving a couple in the tank and not completely exhausting all your reserves and uh, being a little more modest in your um,
2: delivery, right? Absolutely. Um, one of the, when I first started training with Pavel, One of the things that he kept emphasizing was, like, it's not about the kettlebell. It's about the the movement. It's about the technique. And at the beginning, you know, everyone's fascinated with the kettlebell. Like, oh, I just want to be able to lift this thing. But then over time, when you hear it enough times, just, like, focus on the movement. And especially if you're working with a trainer or an instructor who's very good about dialing you back. Like, okay, wait. Before you go to lift that thing, because we know you can muscle it up let's have you do this instead. Let's have you do this movement exercise instead, whether it's just like a wall squat, whether it's like an unloaded Turkish get up, whether it's, you know, uh, just working on hinging, like, you know, even a towel swing or an air swing. Um, these are things that I think stick to the, or help the practitioner stick to the integrity of the movement and appreciate it better.
0: Well, and it's so useful too when you're a trainer and you have this wide population of people that you're coming and going. Um, I know me, I've trained everything from kids on a high school track team to older folks. And when you dial all that back, you really can can help everyone. Um, and so it's, it's pretty awesome stuff. And I've used your, well, I don't have it with me because I put it in my Xbox last night, but I got my old Ta- Tai Chiang out and was looking at it <laughs> Yeah, well, and that's how we met, is I I walked up to you at the Dome, and I said, hey, Doc, I'm Amy, and I I wanted you to know, I did Tai Chiang last year, and I loved it, and you had a backpack and a cup of coffee, you set them down, and I got the best hug, (laughs) it was so sweet, but it's an awesome program, and I still use elements of the Neural Reboot in all of my um, warm-ups, and to everyone I've ever coached, they get a, a piece of that. Very
2: cool to hear that. Please look at that. That that, that kind of moves me. Um, (laughs) It's funny because like when Beachbody first approached me to put together Tai Chi, they were like, you know, we just want to, you know, a Tai Chi kind of based remedial sort of easy to do thing for our older folks. And I'm like, huh, how about this? Why don't we put something together that like anyone of any fitness level can do and it will still benefit them tremendously like oh yeah that sounds good too so that was that's kind of how i put tai chi together i mean i wanted to put together the best if if someone asked me like how would you put together the best practices around a tai chi based fitness routine that that was tai chi yeah
1: amy called me last night and said she was doing it she's like this is not easy <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's not i forget how moving slow i mean I've been training now for a long time and I feel like I'm in pretty good shape and I'm strong and I am sore just from taking everything back and moving slow and deliberate deliberately and it's like oh I need more of this in my life right now so yeah do you want to talk about that because you mentioned that on the Kyle Kingsbury podcast that slow training
2: yeah slow training really I think is a demonstration of control in a lot of ways I mean when you don't have the option of using momentum, like you can't catapult yourself through a particular range and you've got to really slow it down, find posture and then look for inefficiencies. Like this is one of the things that I think a lot of people would tend to turn a blind eye to is that those inefficiencies of tension, right? Like tension's a wonderful thing when it comes to absolute strength. Like if we're looking for a one rep max or something like that, or endurance under massive fatigue, tension's your friend. But resorting to tension as a default, I think, is unhealthy. Actually, I, let me take that back. I don't think it's unhealthy. I know it's unhealthy um, because it ends up being where you're, like, driving with the brakes on. You know, like, if you can just unlock the parking brake, yeah, some people will argue that the parking brake is a wonderful thing to pull up all the way up, and that's great when the car is parked. Or if your regular brakes fail but the rest of the time you want that thing all the way down so that the handling of the car is nice and smooth and easy similarly with our own bodies if we're always focused on like tension 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 and we don't pay adequate attention to looking for where that tension has become miscalibrated in our bodies like for example healthy tissue i always say healthy healthy soft tissue should be able to accept some pressure so if someone presses on your quad and all of a sudden you like your your eyes like bug out, and you're like ah, like that. That's an indicator. That's an indicator that that part of your quad, that vastus lateralis, that calf, that wherever, has accrued so much tension that it's now inelastic. So when someone presses on it, you're now hyperreactive. So in light of that, if we can train in ways that allow us to become aware of our tension. That we didn't realize was there, while at the same time training us to be able to develop greater tension as well as greater relaxation. That's the best goal possible. It's the best, like, kind of outcome possible. So that's sort of the the lens through which I viewed um, creating Tai Cheng. But it's also the same lens that I've been using, like, for the for my entire life, as far as martial arts training or performance training. You've got to understand both extremes.
1: So, someone who was interested in in this and like getting started in your K three system, but they mm-hmm. weren't near you, they weren't near town. Where would you suggest someone start in this that realm?
2: Well, I've been doing my best, although like my best could always be better, um, to drop a trail of breadcrumbs along as far as social media goes. So, if they wanted to get started, just kind of without any commitment whatsoever without any pressure, with negligible financial output. One of the easiest ways to do that is just following the trail of breadcrumbs I've left on social media. So on Instagram, for example, at K3 Combat or at Dr. Mark Cheng, um, you'll find a series of videos where I go over some of the introductory exercises. Um, And like I, I tell people what they need as far as equipment, things like that. And then you can just follow over some of the exercises and then in practicing those, there are, there are more and more and more and more progressions that we can get to down the road. Um, but to give people a, a, just a general taste of what, what lies ahead for them, um, social media is one of the easiest things. Mm-hmm. Um, the other way is through um, the website, k3combat.com. But um, social media, uh, I've been trying to do my best to make that a rich experience for folks so they can you know easily, conveniently, whatever, just have a look at something and then say like, huh, okay, I can do that. Let's give that a try.
1: I've seen you practice some of that with your son.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah, Yeah. you know, I'm one of those guys that, like, you know, people will see me occasionally recommend something on my social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook. And whether it's a food product, whether it's a training method, whether it's a tool, whether it's whatever, right? I need to know that it works for me. Um, And, like, I don't care what someone, like, what kind of cool – supplement sample whatever someone drops off and like on my front door um if i don't like it if i don't benefit from it if my family doesn't dig it then like no the world will never hear about it from me unless it's negative um, but if something's really positive i'll crow about it um, and so if i like a training method if i like something and if i see it's beneficial then i'm absolutely going to be doing it with my kids very mm-hmm.
0: okay, cool so what's, what what's really cool about seeing that with your kids too and um is right now so many people are having to homeschool their their children and I know that PE is like what are we going to do for PE so I'll go out and you know run or play basketball or shoot basket which is all fun I love I love shooting basket still but I see some of these uh I see K3 and maybe some like Indian club training is a maybe a great thing to get the kids into now because it it seems like it has this, well, you talked about this again on your, the Kyle Kingsbury podcast, that focus element and integrating the, the, the concentration with the physical and, uh, there's so much benefit to that.
2: Yeah. I think one of the cool things about the K3 double implement drills, uh, as opposed to clubs, I'm not knocking clubs by any way, shape or form. I love them. Um, but I think for little, for kids, right. That like, if you have them do a swing pattern, they'll probably be able to do it. But unless they're really like super disciplined kids, most will be like, yeah, do a couple reps and then like goof off and do something else. Whereas if you have um, a partner, a training partner with like, whether it's your parent, whether it's another sibling or something else, right. And you have to go through like a responsive situation where it's like, here's a, you know, here's a, a you know, a training implement coming at you. Why don't you match that? Right? Like, so it's like a padded stick. It's this padded sticks coming at you and you've got to match it back. And then you go through this thing where they have to be reactive. Then like both are dialed in. and So the exercise itself becomes self-limited, right? Rather than like, hey, do this, come back. Eh, no, no, that's not how you do it. Come back over here, bring the club up. Okay, bring it behind your head, extend all the way up and out. Okay, great. That's it. And then c- constantly having to herd them back in that way then it becomes like laborious for the coach or for the teacher, for the trainer. It's like, ah, God, why am I doing this? (laughs) And then it, 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 it almost becomes punitive, right? For you as the, as the adult, as the the instructor in that situation. But if you can give them something where like the exercise naturally tunes them in, like they, they, it's almost intuitive. Mm -hmm. Then like, especially if it's on a primitive level, like swinging a stick at something is pretty primitive. Um, And so if you can dial into an exercise methodology that allows the kids to do that in a, in a, like negligible amount of instruction, yet they're, they're doing it right. That's ideal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if you can taunt them away from like the video games or TV or whatever, into doing something like that, they're focusing on the now, they're being in the present. They're also doing that in the video games, but they're engaged in something that is sort of taking over their brain in another way. You know, and then Mm -hmm. doing this that with, say, you you and your son, it's making him think um, both sides of his brain, his body, everything just completely different.
2: Right. I'm not knocking video games at all. I mean, in fact, I think video games are awesome as far as some elements of neural development. But when you've got movement involved with it, too, it's almost like all of the stuff that you were getting to do in like those fighting style video games is now brought to life. So now your feet can feel it. Your ankles can feel it. Your hips and your legs and your spine can feel it. And it becomes a little bit more rich. So instead of something that just exists on that screen, you are now bringing that into real life. And you're now like embodying, like making those skills corporeal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Where, where do we, I see the padded sticks. Where's the place where people can get those? Or do you oh, just make
2: bunalbrand.com. B-U-N-A-L brand.com. Mm-hmm
0: oh that's cool yeah is that a partnership with k3
2: uh bunal brand was a is a is a product the padded stick idea was started by a friend of mine um and actually i found out about him through his product i was like man these are really good like i you know like i a lot of people talk about protective equipment or safety equipment but like the products they use are kind of like um, and I saw his particular version and I was like, these are like really good. Like a lot of the padded sticks out there, either the padding was too thin. Um, and so like, you know, if you got hit by it, you were like, okay, that is not as bad as a real stick, but it's still like pretty like uncomfortable. Um, and then there were other ones that looked like kind of, you know, three-year-olds toys. Like it's a padded stick designed for an adult, but it's like, it's flopping all over the place, like a pool noodle. And so I'm like, this, is, this isn't useful either, um, because then it, it's, it, it's, it's not the same structural integrity. Um, and his were like, you know, have the, the structural integrity of a stick get like re- padded very, very well. Um, so you could accidentally make some, a decent amount of contact, but not like go to the hospital with a fracture. Sure. Um, so <laughs> you know, I, I went and I spoke to the guy that started the company, um, the guy that, that makes these sticks. I said, man, you know, like you have something really special here. I was like, would you mind if we put together a particular spec for a K3? And uh, he was like, no, let's do it. Um, and when I had to relocate it out to this part of the LA County um, in early 20, I'm sorry, late 2016, um, he was one of the guys that, you know, because I didn't know anyone out here in the second woods, um, he was one of the guys because he lived out in this way, like, would text me all the time, check in on me, we'd hang out, go to lunch. So, um, it's just a natural outgrowth of all that.
0: Awesome. So tell us what your day looks like, like now, are you still seeing patients virtually? Are you able to do that? Do you do any, uh, zoom coaching?
2: The uh, COVID life of doc Chang here. Um, (laughs) it's, it's been interesting. I'll, I'll say it's been interesting. I've actually dialed back a lot as far as work. Um, Prior to COVID, there were times, when, there were days when I'd be like, damn, I just want to sleep. Like, I just, I need some chill time. If I want, I, like, my parents were visiting. Um, they came out in, in December. Um, and, you know, I, I'm always down to spend more time with my kids. So, like, when the when the quarantine, when the lockdowns started happening, I, I just was like, this is awesome. I mean, like, yeah, I miss work and all that stuff. But to be able to spend more time with my kids, like chill quality time without having to like, okay, I get to spend time with you, but we gotta do this, 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 and this. Because you gotta do homework, we gotta take you here, like, you know, without that hecticness, to be able to slow down and be able to chill and be able to like, hey, let's let's hang out. Like, you wanna train a little bit? Great, you don't wanna train a little bit? Great. But, um, you know, let's watch some TV. And I don't have to rush to my next appointment. I don't have to do anything. So, like, a lot of that, you know, people talk about the silver lining in COVID. For me, it's like that—that's just staring me right in the face. I've been wanting to spend more time with my my parents and my kids under the same roof, so this has been awesome. Um, have I, as far as work though, I have—I've been lucky to still get some work in, like whether with virtual consults, um, as far as with patients, or virtual training sessions. Um, and what was, what's been interesting is that I think a lot of people who Um, we loath to do virtual training sessions because it suddenly become like, Oh, that's the thing that everyone's going to be doing um, because you don't really have any other option really enjoyed. They were like, I remember a couple of my, my clients, um, made emphatically made the point that like, man, you know, like I, I, you told us that we had these options to do these virtual sessions with you through FaceTime or zoom. Uh, and like, we didn't really think much about it, but then like, you know, now having done a few of these sessions, it are really helpful. <laughs> so Yeah. that was cool to hear.
0: I think that the world will change. There'll be far less meetings. Um, <laughs> we just don't need to be meeting in person as much as we do, even though it's very valuable. It, it, sometimes meetings just take up so much of our time and a lot of times are wasted time. I work in, in business most in during the day and I just cutting down on the meetings has been such a blessing <laughs> um you can still get a lot of work done without having a, an hour-long meeting watching a powerpoint presentation yeah
2: so, i mean in person to me i think like if you're going to watch a powerpoint presentation then like why not have the option of doing that at home i mean zoom is yeah. as a platform has been around for a while yeah so for it suddenly to get get noticed i mean like I, I'm, I'm glad in some sense that COVID has forced us to really recognize the inefficiencies in in like our processes, because why should we have to waste an hour each direction on a commute to get to sit in a room to watch a PowerPoint when we could have just done that, like whip on some clothes, go to a quiet room at home and do this. Yeah.
0: Well, how about we get rid of PowerPoints altogether?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. Here's why I'll say that um my partner in k3 dr jimmy Yuan, like when he puts together a presentation uh, god i learned so much Uh, and like especially when he's talking about k3 and this is like it trips me out even more about that because you know i figured this is subject matter i know fairly well you know this is our like k3 is by and large my brainchild you know jimmy was the one that like was pushing me for a while to put all of this stuff down like outline the curriculum, shoot the stuff, put it together, block it out. Here's how to, you know, show me how you want to talk. Um, and when Jimmy puts together the PowerPoints to emphasize or uh, kind of explain certain ideas and concepts that we go over in the course, I watch his PowerPoints and go like, wow, like I wish, wow, like that's an excellent learning device there. like, how he puts it together. Graphically to help tie together other things that we have, so I, I'm. That's cool. Uh, I'm a fan of PowerPoints. It just depends on who's making them.
1: Right. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I've never met Jimmy, but he seems like a pretty. Uh, like he would try to make things very interesting, no matter what. Fun Jimmy's guy.
2: Jimmy's awesome. I mean, like, I, I thank my stars that that I got the chance to meet him. However many years, ago. God, he's known me for. I think I think I I I, I want to say that. I met him sometime around like 05 ish. Like, Gray invited us to the first, I think it was the first or maybe the second SFMA course um, that was taught in LA. Um, So I I, I went as a guest of Gray's, and I think Jimmy was was there with a couple of his people that had registered. Um, And Jimmy and I hit it off right away. Like, as I'm listening to, jimmy talked to his friends it's like listening to words out of my own mouth and just that same kind of like irreverent humor and i'm like i gotta meet this dude <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah oh my yeah. god gosh so so you uh you, 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 oh sorry that, right? man go ahead do you like cooking mark is that right <laughs>
2: <laughs> looking at my instagram huh? we're about to go
1: down a rabbit hole yeah
2: <laughs> uh, you know it's funny i traditionally have n- I wouldn't say not liked cooking, but always had, like, some sort of insecurity about it, right? Like, because I know I, I've, I've never really trained. Like, when I was a kid, I never really paid attention to what my mom was doing in the kitchen. Like, I kind of watch and look, but I never, like, you know, a lot, of, a lot of kids, some kids will grow up, like, right next to their parent or whomever, and, you know, or even a nanny, and, like, watch exactly what's going on, you know, being brought up with their grandparents or whatever, just watching exactly, like, how they prepare food. I, you know, I would watch a little bit, but I, I'd never like, I'd never be there for the whole process. Cause my parents were like, eh, you know, we'll make dinner you go do your homework. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, and now as a parent, m- making food is, I, you know, I realized, you know, I've heard this throughout the years, but I never really realized it until like getting in on this end myself, but really to be able to feed someone, uh, something that they really enjoy as as an expression of love is so fulfilling so these days for myself cooking is like a kind of meditation it allows me to experiment allows me to be creative um, but also too like if the if the result is good man like I, now i have a, a way of a, a different venue through which to express my care or express my love for something so well yeah, the,
0: the stuff you make looks amazing and it, what
2: what in particular like it, it has you salivating
0: <laughs> well you put on some they were just little tacos in a leaf the other day oh yeah. actually sometimes the time. yeah and sometimes the the things you'll you'll make with the pork belly it's like oh that looks so good <laughs>
2: <laughs> pretty well so one of the things that i like to do is i i, I think you know as an asian american i think a lot of folks get pigeonholed one way or the other. They're like, either like, I've got to, you know, I want to specialize in American cuisine or like, I've got to be hardcore Asian and do like everything exactly the way it was when I grew up either like the Chinese way, Korean way, whatever, right? So they they get into like a, an orthodoxy. And I think, you know, the cool thing about being Asian American is that like, we have all of these cultures that we can draw on, right? As Asians, like I can totally draw on Chinese cuisine or or whatever, right? But as an American, we have the freedom to pick and choose what we want and then reassemble those little um, facets or those little um, assets in different ways to make an even better product. So, like, for example, the, one of the, the, the leaf taco things were um, Koreans. If you go to a Korean barbecue, one of the things they'll do is they'll take a perilla leaf, um, which is like a kind of I think it's in the sesame family. I'm not sure, but it's a leaf that's often used in sushi as well. So they'll take that leaf, and then they'll like when they're barbecuing the beef or whatever meats they are. Like once it's done, they'll they'll throw it in the meat or throw it in the leaf rather, and then just eat it as a soft taco. Well, I, I can't remember what cut we were doing. I want to say it was like a top sirloin or something like that. I just you know season the sirloin, threw it on the grill, and then like I was I, I like to thin slice the meats, so it's easy for the kids to eat. They don't have to uh, saw at it and stuff like that. They just eat it. Um, as well as my parents too. So it's like, it's easier for them to eat as well. So I was thin slicing that and I thought, huh, you know, like the perilla leaves are mature in the garden. Like, and I love eating those. So like rinse those off. And then that becomes like a soft taco. And then for those people that are uh, avoiding carbs, great. But, you know, for those people that are familiar with Korean style cuisine, um, just throwing the barbecued meat or the grilled meat, finished meats into that leaf as a soft taco itself. Perfect.
1: Yeah. That sounds so good. A perilla leaf, you, you called it?
2: Yeah. P-E-R-I-L-L-A.
1: Okay. I have never seen one. Yeah. yeah,
2: It's got a distinct taste to it. Um, I think the first time I tried it, I was like, this is kind of odd. And then like the second time I tried it, I remember thinking like, oh, I've, I've tasted this before. This is in sushi. Some sushi has it. Um, it's known in Chinese medicine as um, uh The purple, one of the purple leaves, Uh, I can't remember the full name off the top of my head, transition to the full name, but it's a purple leaf. Like the top side of the leaf is green. The underside of the leaf, if it's healthy, is is purple. Um, And it's used in Chinese medicine for um, food poisoning, for flu, for these different things. So it makes sense that it was included in sushi, Um, but the Koreans use it just almost like as a wrap and it's delicious. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna look for
1: some. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah. Now, Amanda and I had got to we went to Hawaii together in January and um yep. ate a lot of plate lunch and <laughs> we <laughs> local and we discovered something called a malasada. Are you familiar with the malasada. the pastry, a Malaysian donut? Oh, I was going
2: to say like I've heard of something like that from like India and and Southeast Asia, but not from mm-hmm. not from Hawaii. So, yeah, yeah that ate- makes sense
0: really good highly recommend if you can find a malasada truck sometime
2: (laughs) oh yeah i've seen them in la i just haven't i don't know that we have any place i'm sure there are i mean luckily where the part of la county that i live in the city is called diamond bar we have it's really ethnically diverse so we've got like insanely good uh, indian restaurants vietnamese korean chinese like you name it not to mention insanely good latin food from across central and south america
0: all right are are, uh the restaurants doing takeout there right now or is everything yes yes
2: there's no other option right now like uh, to my knowledge i don't think they actually set a timeline for when restaurants can reopen for sit-in dining
0: Mm -hmm. well in my town they are i'm in coos county oregon and we're one of the counties that is able to start kind of a soft opening so there's Mm. i think they're allowed half capacity social distancing um, so it's kind of, it's yeah. Nice. Port, Portland though is not open yet; they're still closed down. Mm. So, so do you have any? Um, once we are kind of through COVID and we can start doing workshops again and all the stuff we all love to do, or do you have some K three combat or some other workshops or clinics or certifications coming up?
2: And uh, yes, um, supposed to be well as it stands right now, the dome is supposed to happen again in July. Uh, we had to reschedule that from. May because of COVID, um, but as it stands right now, we we still have the Strong First SFG, like I think it's one two and then uh, I want to say a flexible steel is happening at the same time. I'm not entirely sure as well as the and I think the SFBOs as well is happening again this this year. Um, so that should be this July. Um, please check the StrongFirst.com website on that one for the details. Um, And as far as K3, Jimmy and I decided to take all of the workshops off the calendar um, for 2020 until like we know for sure what the situation is. Um, Because he and I, since we're running kind of a skeleton crew, he, I, and George, George Samuelson, didn't want to be uh, like scheduling stuff and then having to take it off and reschedule it and then look for another venue again. So like rather than going back and forth and ping-ponging that way, we decided like let's just wait until we know for sure what the situation is, and then go from there. If we have to go all virtual, so be it. Um, if we don't, then let's figure that out when the time comes. How extensively do you travel for that, for K3? How extensively do I travel for K3? Um, so far we've only done K3 workshops domestically. So we've done you know, two, in, uh, yeah, two in LA, one in New York, and then one at, at Onnit headquarters in Austin, Texas. Okay. um so you know all f- all four that we've done so far have been pretty well attended been pretty good but um we're still taking in requests from overseas we and just really regu- really that that all deals with figuring out the logistics um and all of that got the wrench thrown into it from COVID. yeah
0: yeah um, i know peter wolf we uh we had peter yeah. wolf on is one of our first and he's in oregon and he's partnering with John Auden and they do a a, a Zoom class. John's in Van Oregon. Peter's in Medford. They do a Zoom class every Friday and Peter does elements of K3 in that. And he had a workshop planned. Um, I think it was last month, but had to cancel. So I definitely am going to be checking that out when he gets that up again.
2: Peter's an outstanding instructor. I mean, like, and mm-hmm. for those that don't know of him, I mean, he's in in Chinese martial arts. He's super accomplished so when he told me that he was interested in k3 i was kind of shocked i was like wow like you're one of these guys that like i look to and it's like
0: yeah
2: been there done that and definitely got the t-shirt so the fact that you want in on this like that blows my mind and then he told his mentor Brandon uh, sugiyama who's a, a, a massive standout in the world of wushu competitive chinese martial arts performance um, when he told Brandon and Brandon showed up and on it, I, I, I was floored. I mean, cause Brandon is someone that I'd followed or at least known of since I want to say the nineties. So, um, you know, for these people like that to like on that level, that level of experience and, and, uh, gosh, I don't even know what the right word is that like that level of achievement to be interested in K3 and then to be to be digging the the material and then wanting to share it with others just like bowls me over I, and that's something i never expected
0: yeah i think it's going to i think it's going to blow up i think that people once they hear about it and they see i really do cuz and i think it's going to be all ages it's not just going to be yeah. martial that's- arts people i think it's going to be people of all all ages and all types of training
2: um, that, that's the goal. That's always been the goal because yeah. like, you know, the perception of fitness for a lot of folks is that like, you've got a short window through which to be able to enter into this world, right? Like as a kid, you can train and you can, you know, test the waters of fitness, but like past a certain age, like, I don't want to be doing all that. And instead, if we made it all fun and like allowed you to, to feel better rather than expecting a beat down in fitness, then like, mm-hmm. why not? you know, then the intimidation factor would be gone. And if you could yeah. just notice, like, oh, I did this workout a little bit sore, but I'm stronger. Like I stand straighter. Like I feel better. I can do more. And I'm learning something cool and engaging. Then I think people would have less of a reticence to, to join in.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, Amanda and I've talked a lot about how we'd like to see more women get away from, I need to go to the gym to work out to get thinner and smaller and just get like you say beat down. I mean, we'd like to see more women embracing this type of training. So we will be championing this.
2: I think for women specifically, one of the things that K3 brings to the table is it's like, you're not at all expected to behave in a diminutive fashion. Like you need to get out there and move. You need to understand how to move your body around someone else. And it's not going to be, um, as close quarter as, let's say, jujitsu, um, because you know you don't have to have some big sweaty guy lying on top of you and <laughs> having to wrestle with him. On on the other hand, like you do have to respond to a physical stimulus, right? Something is coming at you, and it's not an inanimate object. This is live, um, and it's not necessarily threatening, but it's taught in a way where like. The, you need to be able to handle your distance and you need to be able to handle your range. You need to be able to handle your time. And you need to be able to handle whatever you're working. with. And so outside of just the self-defense aspects of it, like because you're moving so much, your metabolism is now spiking. Um, and we all know that, you know, when you ask people like, how do you want to improve your metabolism? Well, we've got to burn a lot of glucose. What's the biggest burner of glucose in the human body? The Central nervous system. So when the brain is super engaged in every moment of the, every aspect of the training, you will sweat like mad, even though like it may be far less physical exertion than stuff that you normally do. And don't break a sweat.
0: Yeah. yeah. I like That's to awesome.
1: train a for that reason too, whatever I'm doing, you know, because I can tap into that and just really, really focus. And then now uh, doing that, if there's another person there and there's a distraction and, in a weird way, just disrupts the whole workout for me.
2: Hmm. Yeah. It it goes both ways. I think there's a time when like a good training partner is really good at like bringing out the best in you. Um, And there are other times when it's like, I just need to zone out and send in so that I can like get the best out of the best experience.
1: Right. Cool. I heard something where you're talking about, you had that conversation or not had that conversation, but you approach things with your daughter that way, as far as, you know, females, and her not um, having to play the typical little girl role but teaching her empowerment and being strong and being comfortable in her own skin. And I think that's that's huge. That's an awesome thing for a father to do for their daughter.
2: Yeah, very cool. Um, I, I think for me in my perspective as a man, like that, women have a lot of power. Um, and I think a lot of the social friction that happens between Men and women, I think, happens because either men or women don't understand their own power um, and the give and take of that. Um, and so a lot of times there's, there are arguments, there's this, there's that. There's like disharmony. And so when someone understands their power and their potential and understands how to be responsible for it, um, understands when and how to exert it, and also when and how to pull it back and rein it in to be like receptive, then people get along better. Um, And as they get along better, then, you know, there's less problems, less issues. So for my daughter, for Mika, like, one of the things that I wanted to emphasize for her is that, like, in this society, in American society, you've got a particular kind of power. um, And you've got a freedom that's pretty unparalleled. So because you've got all of that, you're so responsible for it. So now, like you have to be responsible for your safety for those people that don't want to honor that. Um, so when it comes time to, you know, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you have to defend yourself, there's a physics to that. So here's the process. But similarly, you are also someone that has to be able to to carry herself in a dignified, chill, easy fashion, right? To not like feel so insecure that you have to make noise just to be noticed. So, you know, one of the things that I love to do and on those mornings that I get to take her to school is it like, we'll get to school, you know, I'll hold. I'll, help, I'll, I'll park maybe like half a block away, walk her to school, um, to, the, to the door, um, hold her hand, walk her to there. And then like, before she goes in, I'll be like, all right, honey, you ready? And I'll, like, what? I'll go I'll go for like a slap or something like that, or a punch, and she's like. Bah, 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 bah. And so she like, that's her little thing to just dial in and be like, yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's, it's cool because she, you know, she'll, she'll hold her head up high and then skip in through the front door. Whereas like, you know, you'll see some of her classmates or whatever, just not want to go to school, not want to get out of the car, not want to do this, not want to do that. And then to see her energy like that, I think changes the tune for other people that are observing well as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so cool. Amanda and I don't have girls, we only have boys. So,
2: yeah. you know, yeah, I'm like, my, my boy, uh, you know, especially at the beginning, he wasn't so stoked to learn martial arts. I um, mean, there were a lot of times when I was like, I think a little bit more insistent to say that like, okay, look, you want to do that? Great. I'll let you have your, you know, iPod touch time or your TV time or whatever, but you come in, you train first, uh, yeah. you know, and that, I, it, was, it was rough back then when he was little because I just had to just continue to try and motivate him by hook or by crook. Um, and now, now that he's 14, it's very interesting because like there are things that he'll, he'll say or do it that in, in terms of martial arts where he's like, yeah, hey, dad, can we go over this? Can we go over that? And I'm like, I, you know, part of me still remembers that, that six or seven year old kid that like I had to pull kicking and screaming to go training. And now he's like, "Oh yeah, hey dad, we haven't done this in a while. Hey dad, um, you should go run. I'll go run with you." Like, "Whoa, really? Uh, like,
0: it's, yeah, it's
2: very, it's very cool."
0: You'll have that forever. My son, my oldest, um, plays golf, and my husband coached him. And mm-hmm. um, now he's twenty-one, and when he comes home from, well, he's living at home now. But they have that that golf connection, and it's intense. <laughs> and I mean they play together they talk about it sometimes I just have to leave the room I love the sport but I you know I'm just not quite at that level of interest but they have that and they'll have it forever and it's really cool really cool
2: yeah for my son to be able to I mean he's now not that much shorter than me and he's he's relatively strong I mean he's able to press the 20 kilo bell now so uh, um and he's like I think five foot maybe five one um, but yeah for him to be able to press that and be, to be able I mean he's you know it comes up to my chin now so for him to be, him to be able to rough house with me a little bit more as like and explore technique and to, to you know do all the things that he does he's become really my best training partner
0: oh that's cool <laughs> that's great very cool kick well hey doc Tang we like to uh, kind of wrap up we have these 10 questions that we want to sure. Do you want me to do them, Amanda? Go ahead, sure. Okay. And there, you don't have to do it, it's not a speed round or anything. But. Okay.
2: No, if there's something I need to punt on, I'll tell you that for sure.
0: Okay. They're pretty easy. So, uh, favorite color? Black. Pretty cool. We hear that a lot. Uh, favorite meal?
2: <laughs> meal of the day or just food? I'm
0: not- anything. Food, your you're most, you're, you know, your if you go anywhere in the world and have your favorite meal, what would it be?
2: Oh, God, that would be an easy one. Uh, Hawaii, um, chicken katsu curry plate lunch.
0: Yeah, good, uh, good answer. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> uh, the last
2: book you've read. Ooh. Um, last book I've read. I want to say it's Erwan LaCour's book. Um, and the title is escaping me right now. I can visualize the the cover, but I can't remember the, the exact title. I want to say it's like On Movement or something like that. But yes, the, okay. the, the book Erwan LaCour wrote.
0: Cool. Um, your favorite band or style of music?
2: Oh, R&B, hip hop, for sure. Band, uh, gosh, that I'm not sure of right now. Uh, for whatever reason, Mint Condition from the 90s was like playing On loop and on my on my playlist so yeah
0: yeah 90s r&b uh that's
2: it (laughs) Uh,
0: your last the last movie you watched movie it doesn't have to be the theater it could be something you watched with your kids last night
2: You know, it's interesting, like we've been watching a fair amount of Netflix, but almost everything has been series stuff like stuff that's been on the CW, like a lot of the superhero shows Mm -hmm. get pretty engrossing. Um, So we watch like lately we've been watching we were watching Arrow for quite some time. and So that 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 was a sleeper. that that kind of when I remember when it was on TV, I kind of ignored it. And then like, you know, now being out here on this side of town. away from a lot of my social network, which is on the other side, the west side of town. Um, You know, spending time with the kids is different. So like we just chill and sometimes just watch Arrow. Um, And that really, that's been really enjoyable. Um, But movies, gosh, I don't know. I wanna say the most recent one that I've watched in the theaters would probably be John Wick 3.
0: I just saw that they're going to have another matrix movie too.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm curious to see how that, that, where they are in production for that. Um, yeah. But yeah that's, that's,
0: gotta love Keanu. Uh, we'll have to get on the podcast. Amanda. <laughs> um, something you procrastinate.
2: Oh God, that list is long. Um, running. <laughs> I'll say, yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Like I have Ever since like high school uh, high school, I think was the last time I really really enjoyed running just running for running's sake um, and then since then i I've just like I don't really run that much, so now that I have a goal and, and, and an event to train for and and something like that yeah I, just, I, I, I need to make sure that I'm doing more running so
1: are so you training for something
2: Yes, um, I got to study karate with, um, a gentleman in co- while I was in college. Who's like one of, gosh, how do I say it? He's, he's really truly one of like the early founding fathers of, uh, Japanese karate here in the States. Um, and I had the rare opportunity to train with him like right when I first came out to LA. Um, and I never actually finished my black belt with him. and So, uh, to hear throughout the years that like, Oh yeah, you know, what's Mark doing? And then like the fact that I was at all still on his radar, he remembered me, shocked Um, and so I made myself a promise that before I hit 50, I would, I'd go through the black belt test and all of these other things, um, just to, and while, you know, while my teacher's still with us, you know, he's older now, I think he's 90, 90, 91. Um, but while he's still with us, I want to be able to just like, get this thing signed, sealed, and delivered. Um, And rather than just, you know, it's not one of those styles or organizations where they just hand you a certificate. You go through a thing called special training, which is like three days of training. Like, what you you come in on a Wednesday night, the workouts start, and it finishes, I think, Friday night or Saturday morning. I'm not entirely sure about the specifics of the the schedule. Um, And then if you do really well there and you meet the requirements, Um, you are allowed to go through the Don testing or the black belt testing. Um, And so, gotta survive those three days of training. Um, uh, And then hopefully I'll be able to sit for the black belt test. Or not sit, but undergo the black belt test. Um, But the first workout on that Wednesday night is a five mile run on sand. So that's the first workout. and while the sand is wet sand, like it's at the waterline, it's still five miles. Um, and coming from a guy that like hasn't really done more than a mile in 10 years, uh, to ramp up to five is a big jump. So yeah, I'm working on that.
1: Happening? I'm sorry? When is this happening?
2: It was supposed to happen in the middle of June. Right now we're on standby to see what actually does happen. Okay.
1: So, uh, You'll do great. Yeah. We'll we'll yeah. Fine.
0: Do you do your training in the sand? Cause I know I live on the coast and when we run on the beach, it's a little slopey. So you have to get used to that kind of weird angle when you're down by the
2: water. Yeah. Since I moved out to this side of town, um, inland, I'm inland now, like about an hour away from the beach. So like I'll go into the West side to work. Um, but I, I need to figure out a way to budget time so that I can actually get in some training time on the sand and they just recently reopened the beaches in, in, yeah. in LA. So it's, it's a possibility. I just, I gotta figure There's right now. There's just so many moving parts. And honestly, uh, for me to be able to up my road work potential to be able to hit that five miles, I can do that anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I should actually I should be able to put in the training here in this side of town.
1: Chris, make, He'll make you go run.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's actually been really good about encouraging me. Um, <laughs> that's good. And yeah, like last night, we, we went, we were gonna, the two of us were gonna go for a run and the little one wanted to join in too. So we ended up doing like run, walk, sprints, um, which was fun. Yeah. So we'd sprint for a while, then like walk so she could catch up and then, you know, walk yeah. for a little while so she's not too winded and then sprint again. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: Thanks. that's awesome. <laughs>
0: I okay, where were we? Sorry. Okay. No, that's good. That's awesome. Um, what's a hobby or interest that uh, a hobby or interest people listening may not know about?
2: Ooh, I'm, I think I'm pretty transparent. I mean, my, my hobbies are all, I mean, my, my work are my hobbies. I'm, I'm spoiled that. Yeah. Uh, hobby or interest. Oh. Hmm.
0: You're not like a secret knitter like James, Neidlinger.
2: Oh, James is awesome. God, I have some yeah. of his pieces. They're they're awesome. I wish I yeah. had skills like that. Um Wow. I, I'm one of these guys, it's like I look at people that have skills like that and I'm just like just in awe and envy. Um poof. No, I think I'm pretty transparent. I, I wish I had something like that, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head.
0: Okay. Uh, favorite vacation place.
2: Home, bed. <laughs> no lie, no yeah, lie. Yeah. People go, "Oh, Doc, where would you like to go for vacation? You know, have you you've been? You've been all these different places." I, you know, in honesty, like I've traveled around the world to teach in so many different places, but I can't tell you how many times, like China, Korea, wherever, right? I, it's it's like airport, hotel, lecture hall, or gym. Back to hotel. Like, I'm wiped out. They're like, oh, you don't want to go sightseeing? Dude, I want sleep. You know, like, yeah. so um, there are a lot of places that I would love to be able to go explore more. But honestly, like these days, a great vacation would be just like chill, relaxed, like restorative time at home and not having to travel, not having to worry about expenses, not having to worry about whatever. And then like that. Yeah, Yeah. So home.
0: Yeah. Staycation.
2: Definitely. <laughs> Staycation, I've, I've yes. enjoyed
0: that. I've enjoyed that about the, 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 quarantine. I just get to go home and be in my own house for yeah, weekend I, after weekend. I, uh, one more. We have one more question. Something people may get wrong about you.
2: Ooh, God. That's quite a list. Um. <laughs> <laughs> <Secrets come out. laughs> um, it's, it's crazy because like, you know, now, especially since my hair is longer, um, people look at me like, oh, he's like kind of must be wild. He's must be totally against the convention or, you know, he looks like he's rough or this or that. And I think the people that know me um, a little bit better or have interacted with me know that, like, I'm a big softie. Like, I, just, I just want people to be happy, to get along, to be chill, to be healthy. Um, and not everything has to be about martial arts in the sense of, like, fighting. I think people that really understand martial arts well know that fighting is is like the most superficial level of it. And it really, the whole idea behind martial arts is to be able to make us healthy, confident, you know, able to handle conflict, but for what purpose? Not to dominate someone else, but to be able to protect people that we love. So I, I think one of the biggest misconceptions about me is that like you know I'm rough right like I I like to fight I like violence whatever right and and what motivates me the most is the chill time the downtime the softness the tenderness awesome
0: Uh, very cool well (laughs) we both have had the the uh, privilege of of having you teach us at um strong first events and you're an excellent teacher um, just the way you break things down and the way you explain and it's, you are, you are a very, very good teacher. I still have very vivid memories of you teaching things at my level one. And that was six years ago. Um, just a lot. And then I put them into practice when I teach students. So yeah, I'm well, not trying you. to embarrass you. I'm just saying people, this, you, he's a, you are a great teacher
2: that means a lot to me um it's been interesting like lately i've put out some cues on a few lifts uh, on my instagram uh, going over the swing my version of a squat and then um you know the kettlebell snatch and it's been it's been really cool to hear from people who are you know certified instructors going like wow that, those are details i didn't have or d- details that i wasn't clear on or cues that now like oh that like i knew that i needed to get Find some way of, of being able to help my clients or myself with a particular lift and you gave a cue that that resonates. So to be able to hear stuff like that from people who are in who are my I, people I would say are my colleagues in the industry is 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 touching. Thank you for that. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Well, Doc Chang, thank you so much. We're right at an hour. We know you have a busy day. Yeah. And even if you don't, we want you to be able to get back to chilling out in Diamond Bar. So um, thanks a lot. This means a lot to us. Um, we'll have this out this afternoon and um, hope to see more of you. Um, really looking forward to seeing more from K3 Combat Systems and that um, program. And we just wish you the best. So take care. Thank you.
2: Hopefully both of you guys can join in next time we have a K3 live event. That'll be a lot of fun.
1: You oh, come yeah. to Austin, I'm coming for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. we we got we to gotta do a return trip to Austin.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's close enough to me. I would love that.
2: <laughs> Excellent.
0: All right, guys. I'm going to sign us off. Thank you so much. Hope everybody has See a good you. day. Take care. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.